How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast, where we cover all kinds of stuff. Little of this, little of that. I'm here with Sammy P. Hi. Yeah, we were just talking about how it's our God-given right to cover anything we want, like sugar, spice, and everything nice, and maybe a Christian influencer's second book of garbage. I don't don't know if anyone else is obsessed with Maddie Pruitt the way we are. She was a Bachelor contestant on Pilot Beat season. Uh, She... Got married last year and now has a book about marriage. And her TikTok is like both a bizarre spectacle and a very compelling, (laughs) like stirring case study in just, I don't know, her running her own little cult, her own little Jesus cult that sometimes, depending on the day, I'm ready to join. Yeah, like she's part of this wave of like, hype beast christian mega church influencers she married the son of a billionaire um when she was on the bachelor pilot pete's mom came for her ass for being so christian and like she was like pete likes to fucking party and he likes to fuck okay and my son deserves that and you are a little jesus freak and everyone thinks you're weird (laughs) so then everyone was like whoa this girl just got bullied and then I was like majorly on her side for a long time and then she just drifted into becoming a very frightening to me Christian influencer (laughs) I think she was always that I think she was always that. everyone everyone's basically legally mandated with nearly a gun to their heads to like jump up and wrap their legs around whoever like the bachelor is and she would keep those legs just straight and dangling she was the only one the dead legs yeah yeah the The little fish legs on yeah. Game of Thrones, yeah. Game of Roses. Whoops. Yeah, her little her little fish legs. Yeah, but no, I think she was always that. But I just whenever whenever I watch her giving her little marriage advice with her husband on TikTok, I, I am it's so engrossing, and it's like watching two people that are tr- it's like they're trying to convince themselves of the cult that they want to be part of. They're like every day or no every week we turn to each other and we say. How can we be a better wife and husband? And how have I been as a wife to you today? And if you had to rank it, what is the ranking? <laughs> but it's like it's like that, but there's always mostly about God. Like they'll be like, what do you like most about me? 
your love of the Lord. Like, and it, like number one, of course, it's your devotion to God and your, and they have all these like phrases for it. Like, you know, his spirit is in you. Only Christ can satisfy. Like they always make it weird. Yeah. Oh, it's always has a sexual undertone. Ever since she said breathing in Christ's aroma and having <laughs> him inside of her, I was like, damn. Okay. Oh, <laughs> okay. What are we doing here? Well, so the the reason we're even bringing her up is because she just had a glamour profile that I read for some reason, and she has the second book coming out. And wait, she's this is her second book. Yeah, she had a book called "Made for This Moment" about keeping your faith under pressure, and now this book is called "The Kind of Love Everyone Wants," and it's about oh my being single, God. finding love, getting married in a six month period. She's all of what twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, we need she, to have that type of audacity. She's going for like she wants to be the female Carl Lentz. Like she's like, but without the cancellation. She's like, they won't get me. Without the cheating and corruption. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, well, God bless. Mm-hmm. How how are you doing otherwise? Samantha? Good. Just having a busy day, some job interviews, some family visits, a friend's birthday, and it's only 12.36 p.m. And you're taking time to podcast with little old me? <laughs> I squeezed you in. Um, how's your day going? My day is going, to be honest, I kind of blacked out after I watched this documentary. It ruined me. It was so good, but it emotionally destroyed me. Um, so... <laughs> I feel like I deserve a financial compensation for watching it on my period. Like the whole thing is like resolving, like helping animal suffering. But like for me, okay, like I I will often like block animal rescue accounts because I just can't. I like love that they're rescuing animals, but then it makes me think about the animals that weren't rescued. And I can't handle it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to try to keep this light today. Um, okay. But it is. It is. <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> I've had like five people this week ask me what's going on in the stars. And I'm like, don't even, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> did you cry watching this? Yes. Did you not cry? No. How many times did you cry? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> More than one or no? Um, like, Or was it just like one long cry with a few interruptions of not crying? There's a lot of like lip quivering. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute i'm just I thought like, we were all on the same page <laughs> well i'm on the highest dose of antidepressant that they'll give me so i can't cry but if i could like this would stir something in me if i was capable of having those kind of feelings but um i can't wait to get into it should we let's do it let's do it um so i'm so excited because we're taking a little little detour from what the type of stuff we usually cover we're gonna be covering the documentary the animal communicator um featuring anna breitenbach who is an animal psychic from south africa and this first came about from a little clip that i sent you on the old tiktok and you were like okay you were fully invested you were like let's do this and i I was in, but I think I've just been so burned this week by like 
all of these people, all, all of these allegations of like Russell Brand and whatnot that I had to like, before I could even watch the documentary, I had to search her name for controversy because I was like, is she like <laughs> a Sandy Hook <laughs> denier? Like, what are we? I need to know before I get invested. And I, <laughs> she is an unproblematic queen. I am cl- pleased to say. I I hope so because like I have never wanted to be someone's friend more that we've ever covered on this podcast than Anna. Like she is so cool. She's the coolest person ever to me. And I just I just wish I could meet her one time. No, I, I searched high and low because and, and this was before I could even watch the documentary. I think I think I was mostly scarred this week by Naomi Wolf. Uh, I read a feature about her. She she wrote The Beauty Myth, which I really mm-hmm. liked in high school. She's like a prominent anti-vaxxer now and just like a nut job overall. Oh, fuck. And I was like, yeah, couldn't find a single thing about Anna that was bad. I read her website reviews of people that have worked with her. Like she is she is a beautiful and pure being on this earth and a gift to animals. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, Anna... We would like you to be our friend. So please. Oh my gosh. Like it she has literally the superpower that I always answer that I wish I had if people are like, "Oh, what what superpower would you pick?" I'm like, "Communicating with animals." Like being able to speak to them in the same language. But you are the most psychic person that I know in real life. Like thank you. I mean, it's not I, like an everyday thing for you, but you've said some creepy things that turn out to be true just based on your psychic intuition. Well, over the years. thank you. But I, I just admire how controlled and intentional she is with it. Like she's just like, okay, I have to chat with this like baboon real quick and gets like so much information out of short interactions. Like I'm not at the point of hearing animals thoughts yet, but now I know that it's possible. I will be working on it. Yeah, we've more predicted specific th- bad things are going to happen to you, which is like a very different skill set. But I do think that if you were hooked up with with her and her mentor, you could get into this gig. I agree. I need a teacher and I want her I I should just like leave my whole life behind and try to like study under Anna. <laughs> I'd love to. Like and yes. in case anyone's going to go to the comments and be like these girls believe in animal psychics and astrology like and that's dumb. Well, fuck off. Because that's what you're going to get. We believe well, in this wholeheartedly. Some people may say this is out there. To us, this is the news. <laughs> okay. It is out there. Okay. If you, yeah, if you're going to be someone, okay, if you're going to be someone who harps on this, at least listen to this episode. But I also recommend you watch this. It's available for free on YouTube. The Animal Communicator came out in 2012. It's only 50 it's 52 minutes. 52 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Hold your thumbs there. We're typing your little review right now. And the thing, too, is that in terms of skepticism, being an animal psychic like sounds really out there when you just put it out in our modern world. But this is basically every indigenous community around the world. It channels some type of essence of this, something similar to this. They talk later about how it came from animal hunting and tracking how they have to tap into animals and to their energy fields yeah to their energy fields and if if you're only going by science purely science okay well that whole thing was uh made by curmudgeonly old white men and so that's giving them a little bit too much credence 
Oh, I was just telling our friends this morning that I was going to cover this and they were like, well, make sure you tell them about your cat psychic growing up. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> they reminded me I that about my, your cat psychic. That my mom has been on this tip for a long time. And I was actually just talking to her and she was like, yeah, like my most recent animal psychic that I asked, like, why is my cat keep shitting on the floor? She couldn't come to an answer. But <laughs> this was like three animal communicators ago. So when I was a kid, we had this orange cat that we were obsessed with named Tigger. And at some point he got very sick and they said he had like kidney problems and he was definitely going to die. And the surgery would be like $20,000 and might not even work and stuff. So we're like, okay, we have to go through other methods. So my mom went to a quantum healer who put Tigger through a little, I, I wasn't there, but they put him through a little machine or hooked him up to something and then later had follow-up appointments where they would call him on the phone <laughs> and run the machine. Wait, would you and hold the phone up to the cat? <laughs> I can't say for sure. I think it was left off the hook. And okay. the cat would fall into a deep sleep for that hour or two hours or however long these sessions were and purr. And then would wake up. And then after like four to six sessions, this cat lived for like two more years. And... She gleaned so much information from him. She was like, "He's his body is overloaded with aspartame. Like, how is he accessing that? It's poisoning him. And then we realized he was licking yogurt lids in the garbage from those, like, low-fat yogurts. Like, we learned things we never would have known. And we heard about his experience of life and how, like, you know, he was, like, a big boy and he was always on a diet. And she said he just feels so hungry all the time, just, like, starving. Like, he just has a big appetite. I'm like, aw. Bless him. Wow. Let him eat. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The it was it was the aspartame all along. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, you've had that experience. Can I can I tell the audience about your you've also okay, you predicted I oh I can cut this if you want, but you predicted the day of when you were gonna have a car crash and when you were gonna get sick out of nowhere. Oh yeah. You yeah, told I me do. like you told you sent me creepy like texts. You're like today is cursed, or you're like if I get in a car accident, avenge me, <laughs> avenge yeah. my dad. And then you did end up in a car accident that day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Luckily, like I lived, but I do get, I do get messages of impending doom. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have saved this for the end so that the people who are still on board with this <laughs> were like, yes, we're already sold on this. Um, but whatever. This is what we're, we're here. We're here to give the facts from our point of view and yeah. the woo woo news. That's that's what this is. Animal yeah. news. The woo woo choo choo train. Jump on <laughs> or jump off. We don't go. Jump the okay. fuck off. <laughs> right now. Okay. So <laughs> this documentary starts off with an introduction to Anna who basically – at a certain point in her career became a dedicated full-time animal psychic. And so often what happens is animal rescue sanctuaries around the world will call her in when they have a, some kind of challenge that they can't overcome. But with the documentary maker, she's a skeptic and she's following Anna around and kind of going ahead of her and getting information from people like about specific parts of the, whatever scenario they're in that it would be impossible for Anna to know just the ins and outs of their, their, these animals' lives. 
to see because she's trying to see like, is this is this chick for real? Is this documentary going to amount to anything? So we start off with these baboons living on the edge of Cape Town. And these baboons are terrifying. They're breaking into cars. They're fighting people, causing trouble. So these baboons basically will surround cars with people in them, steal their stuff, fuck the people up if they try to stop them from stealing. So I I can't think of anything more terrifying. But she goes in to try to figure out what's going on. So she walks up to them so casually and just gets inches from their face and just is staring at them lovingly and then lays down and kind of takes a little nap next to the the alpha male leader of the pack surrounded by all his all the babies and they're literally like braiding her hair holding her hand giving her little nose nuzzles and she's just napping and she's just like yeah i just like i just told them i'm here peacefully just like in a state of being and it's 100 percent real like I'm obsessed. And I feel like we have experienced this with bears many times in nature, just being like, you know, if your energy towards the bear is like, I'm just chill. I'm just walking my way. I'm not like I'm not here to fuck with you whatsoever. They are just very peaceful. And same with how they interact with photographers. Like it's totally different than how they interact with hunters. It's true. And when you're living in bear country, you have to get into the mind of a bear and realize like they're not. No animal can walk around just trying to be a killing machine. Well, except for maybe polar bears, but that's a different story. Like, but regular, <laughs> regular, like non-Arctic animals, like they're not just walking around on a rampage. They're they're just doing their thing, eating some berries. And I mean, they get lots of time like playing with their babies and like mm-hmm. they swim and they do stuff. Yeah. Sometimes they're not stalking people on a path, but they just want to walk on the path because it's easier for them too. Same reason why we like walking on the path. Mm-hmm. But so Anna is laying laying down and she said, basically the, the way that she communicates with these animals, we're just going to, I'm not going to say any more caveats of like, if you believe in this, we're just going to suspend that and, and say that this is, this is what it is. So she just, she basically tunes in and gets a message from them and is able to then just transmute it into just, explaining it out loud in human terms but it's she can get images she can hear sounds feel sort of like bodily sensations yeah because at at first she said that um, okay so the leader the alpha male leader of the pack who is the one who's most prone to attack people um, she said that he says to her, like, basically, like, who are you? It has a slight air of suspicion. She just reassures him. And then he com- transmutes the message to her. If you want to hang out, just do as we do. So then she's just laying on her stomach, kind of digging around just like they are. Um, but then she got overwhelmed by this sense of confusion and sadness that they're really misunderstood because people will injure and kill them because mm-hmm. they're a nuisance because they're a danger it's like a a cycle vicious cycle yeah absolutely she says she feels both sides of the bridge of human to animal and that this is when she's like weeping the most that we really see her crying on behalf yeah. of these poor traumatized baboons 
Well, and she's crying too because she said like being a bridge between humans and animals, like they're just not understanding each other, Mm -hmm. either of them. And so it's really hard because all these things get lost. And one of the injured baboons goes to a rehab center and is on his own while he's healing from his injuries. His name is Paul. And she, yeah, (laughs) Paul the baboon. I know I was so scared of baboons when I first saw them, but now I'm like, oh. Now I just want to boop their snoot. But she asks him if he wants to go to a larger troop. And she tells him about two troops that have offered to take him in. So usually for baboons to take in an animal into their troop, it they have to challenge the alpha and fight him. But Paul was just let in with no fight. because She's conveying messages back and forth between animals, from animals to humans. And yeah. I'll post some clips to my Instagram because you have to see her just peaceful essence. It's very compelling. Yeah, she has great vibes. And when she was brokering the like baboon deal, she's like, okay, so there's two troops. Like, do you want to be in a big troop or do you not? And Paul was like, yeah, I do. And then she went to the troops and only one of them was like, we're taking on new members. The other one was like, that's a no. So she luckily didn't throw him in there with a hostile troop. No, Paul doesn't need any more bullshit. He has been through enough. And like, I honestly, like if everyone in the world had this power, I think there would be no problems. We wouldn't have global warming. We wouldn't have patriarchy. Like, it could have healed us all. I do think that there was a time, a very long time ago, where people likely had something close to this ability. Yes, I agree. I agree, of course indigenous peoples and they go into that in this documentary and then how basically white people ruined it for everyone as we have done with everything yeah it being all things (laughs) yeah yeah um but then her and the documentary maker go to the mountains outside of cape town where there's more issues between baboons and humans but these are these really rocky really rugged rugged terrain areas she had never been there before and she went out with this phd student and they went looking for these baboons but they were they were all kind of like how are you gonna find them like there's no it's a huge area there's no guarantee that you're gonna see any of them but she commune she lays down um she she tunes into their energy walks in a certain direction, lays down, and they emerge and walk right up to her and start playing with her hair. Yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. And I like what the PhD student said where he said, how does science explain this? But he's like, in the 17th century, they've seen lightning, so they know that that's real. But if you said, ask them if they believed in electricity, they would laugh and say no. And so, you know, we have these beliefs and perceptions that we use to filter out the information we're not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good analogy. Yeah, totally. And it's like being a child and you can watch something that has all these adult references in it, but it just kind of goes right over your head and you feel like you still understand it, but you actually don't. (laughs) Yeah, you actually don't. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Okay, so now we're back, and Anna is now at a monkey sanctuary. And these are all rescue monkeys. And there is one in particular who was rescued from a lab, and it has a lot of health issues. Um like scar tissue beneath its fur, but it, it wouldn't be visible to the naked eye. Um, you would need to do a scan to see it. Uh, and then having babies in the winter months, which is endangering them. And Anna sits down and communes with this monkey and said that she sees this monkey being strapped down. And she just basically says that she has, she doesn't really know how to be a monkey. Um, she asked her why she was giving birth in the winter and the monkey basically said that she had no awareness of the difference um, of when she was supposed to be doing it and didn't have a sense of control over her body. Um, and the people working at the sanctuary were, were good with that. Like they just wanted to know like, why, why is this happening? And is there something supernatural about the monkey? She's not in tune. And, and again, Anna doesn't know that this monkey was a test subject at a lab, but she mentioned the scar tissue on its stomach. And there was like, there's no way you, you, you could see that you would, you would have to know about this history, which we don't convey to the public. Yeah. She's always just explaining all the ways that trauma informs every bit of the animal's behavior, which same. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went to, um, on a high school trip, we went to a monkey rescue sanctuary and it was the first time where I saw like true depression in animals. Like, mm. oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to, there was this monkey who used to work at a bar and people were, would, would put their cigarettes out on it and, and <gasps> at this sanctuary, but it would just curl, it would curl up. You could like hold the monkeys because most of them were used to being around people and, they this all the other monkeys were kind of like climbing around they would climb up on you and jump off but this one would just find someone and just curl up in its arms like a little baby and then just look up with these the these big sad eyes and it looked like a little human they they basically are human like yeah. the ones at the toronto zoo like would read the newspaper wear clothing operate ipads wait really com communicate with children i saw all kinds of stuff like if someone sat like with their phone facing and the monkey would just like swipe like imitate swiping and the person would then swipe through like pictures like and they just 
yeah, they give them like newspapers and stuff in there and they'll just page like turn through, look like they're reading. They'll get in a hammock. Like it's just like looking in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, they're incredible, which is why <laughs> this is why did I ever tell you that I was obsessed with Jane Goodall as a child? Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I was I was a Jane head. I was a Jane Goodall head. I would do any project. I would just relate it to Jane Goodall and do it on her. And I would read all these books that were meant for adults that were like complex uh, books about evolution and monkeys and I I and chimpanzees. Yeah, and I had a full plan that I had written out of how I was going to be a primatologist and how I was going to like sit and wait for hours for months on end until the chimps had we built trust and they would come to me um oh you absolutely have that long braid and khaki energy (laughs) like just in the woods just like lying motionless (laughs) as the monkeys come to you i wish that being a primatologist was a a way to make a living (laughs) so you could do that (laughs) I mean, it it is for some people, but I think it's not that great of a living. It's not very glamorous. And I think, uh, but Jane was the pioneer, at least for chimps. Um, but yeah. anyhow, enough about me. So then we go to this bird sanctuary, this bird rescue sanctuary. And there's a cockatoo named Coco that bites all visitors. And this is the biggest open air bird sanctuary where they can just fly around free And except for Coco, who has to be in a pen because it keeps biting people. And Anna sits down and asks, like, why does he act like this rather than being able to just fly freely? Um, And then she starts sobbing, bawling. And this cockatoo talks about how he was closely bonded with the person who had him before. And they were suddenly separated. He didn't know where he had gone, didn't see him again, and didn't know why he was there, and said that his relationship to his former owner was more important to him than flying freely. And then he died of a broken heart a week later. Yeah, after her visit. And the owner of the sanctuary says that Coco's owner had suddenly had to immigrate and had raised him from being a baby, spoon-fed him. So they really did have that relationship. Yeah, and he wasn't expecting to need to give him up to a sanctuary, and then they had to leave the country. And, like, absolutely heartbreaking story. Um, That's all I can say about that. Yeah, we needed this. We needed her special powers to commune with my devil of a bird when I was a kid. Oh, my God. You're Mazel Tov. (laughs) Psychotic (laughs) cockatiel. (laughs) Tell Tell us a little bit about the bird, Emily. Okay, I asked for a pony for my birthday when I was seven, and my parents were like, okay, let's instead get this bird that has this incredibly long lifespan. <laughs> and they they always talk about how they paid more because the, these birds were like, quote, hand-raised, like more handled and right. by, mentally handled by humans so they'd be accustomed to it. So we got this bird when I was like a few months old, came into our <laughs> came into our home would hiss and attack anyone that came near it except for my dad and lived for 15 years (laughs) and every other month or so would lay eggs that weren't fertilized and then would just get even more hissy and rock (laughs) back and forth and like Mm. pounce towards you when you (laughs) when 
when you came near it and I just I was going through old photos I saw this photo of my dad sitting in the backyard he would have he would create enrichment time for this bird every day (laughs) that's so sweet I know he would sit there with a newspaper and like he would like trim her wings so she couldn't like fly off into the sky and she would just like bop around the garden (laughs) same with the this guinea pig that I had that I was interested in for like a month and then handed off to him this poor man had to look after both these animals. <laughs> My friend in university had a skinny pig, so a hairless skinny pig. And um, that that's, was... That's cursed a little bit. Uh, yeah. That was the only animal that like I have found like hard to like love and like touch. <laughs> I just want this thing to stay in its own little world. It's like one buck tooth away from a naked mole rat. Oh, it's skin. It would have to be moisturized regularly because its skin would get so dry, <laughs> so dry and scaly. What kind of moisturizer? Like, so you just have to grease it down with like. A... <laughs> I did. I wasn't the one who did it, so I can't tell you what brand. That was my roommate's job, who is my friend, and I love her so much, but I couldn't warm up to Maxi. <laughs> Maxi. Yeah, that that's a little bit demonic, but that's okay. They deserve love too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and that guinea pig probably wasn't wasn't hateful. Um, but so <laughs> back to our girl, back to our bestie. Anna talks about how she'll meditate in nature to recharge, and she said that that's when she's the most calm and the most still. That's when animals will approach her. Um, And they're filming her like both in the water and there's hundreds of fish that are around her legs. And then they also film her in different parts of the forest. And there's just birds landing on her head, looking at her, (laughs) like landing on her hands. And she's like smiling at them. I'm like, you are Snow White. She literally is. Like when she puts her hands in the stream and it just fills with tiny fish. I'm like, this is outrageous. Like this... This woman, how is she not the most famous person on earth? I don't get it. (laughs) I don't know. But if she has two fans, it's us. (laughs) If she has no fans, we're dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we are um, obsessed. Then they bring on her mentor, this dude. And I'm like, get off my screen. I don't need to hear from you. Oh, my God. I know. But she kind of has like a little crush on him. I feel like. Because he, like, is the only one who can understand, like, yeah, her life path as a, yeah. a white animal communicator. <laughs> I, don't know. I know. When he's talking about what his ancestors, like, had wanted, I was like, what did your ancestors want? Let's be, let's easy now. Easy now there. <laughs> Australian white dude. <laughs> or South African white dude. Even more. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm like, God. Mm, let's not oh, dig too deep there. But let's he's, not. I think. I guess he was like her mentor or something. Yeah, I'm just saying he kept talking about his ancestors. And I was like, okay. No, I know. Oh, I wish he wasn't even in this documentary. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you were like, get the fuck off my screen. Yeah, like, who the fuck? I don't care about you. Yeah. And so, okay. I'm glad I didn't take notes on that section. I was like, boo. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So we hear from the documentary maker and she's talking about how She's seen all these things, all these incredible, all this incredible phenomena, and the rational part of her brain still has doubts. Like, she's still like, okay, I'm partly sold, but I just am still on the fence about whether this is all real or not. But 
the final the final straw what made her a believer like us is they hear about this big cat rescue park and there's one particular conservationist there who has a special gift for handling cats who's extreme big cats extremely close like right in there with the lions with the leopards Mm -hmm. like playing with them um laying in his lap um yeah just gifted and he he's talking about how he does not believe whatsoever in any kind of animal psychics or animal communication but he's interested in this visit because they have a leopard named diablo who had been rescued from a park where he was abused and he had this huge they have these huge spaces kind of like these big fields but then a little little hut that they can go into at at night that's connected and this animal or sorry diablo just stayed in this little shelter and didn't move out of it for six months and would just snarl at anyone who came near. And the guy was like, look, he's really dangerous. He's very aggressive towards me and everyone. I don't think this is a good idea. Um, But they also gave her no information about, about him because they were skeptics. And you watch Anna approach Diablo and he immediately stops snarling for the first time gets completely still they're just staring at each other for a while and Anna starts telling his story where she talks about how he comes from a really cruel place he doesn't want much to do with humans um he is very upset with the name Diablo and its associations and how people regard him and then asks with a ton of concern about two about his past about two pups that were next to him in his enclosure and he was really worried about where they were and he wanted to know about it. And the owner of the sanctuary, like you see her aghast because she hadn't even really remembered that these two pups were next to him. Like she said, it was just this big, crazy, hectic day and they were bringing this big cat in and they were like barely taking in their surroundings and just focused on this transfer of this animal. And, but she said, yeah, there were two leopard cubs next to his pen who were kind of feral And Anna sits down and tells Diablo that the people there have no expectations of him, no demands of him. And he becomes very relieved. She said very relieved and just so huge weight off him. And that now because he's not pressured to explore, now he wants to explore. And then you see him wandering around um, in this field for the first time in six months. And they give him a new name of spirit so this conservationist is like his jaws on the floor but he's still like okay where where do i fit in in all of this and so he says that after everyone leaves he's like okay no one's gonna think i'm crazy because no one's here so i'm just gonna try talking to this leopard and just see what happens so he told him like out loud that the two leopard cubs are safe and that they're fine they're they were sent to another rescue and they're okay and then he also then he tells this leopard that he's so beautiful and he makes this weird noise and they go back and forth and he said he counted like 19 times where he was just like oh because he said he was completely relaxed but just making this little sound and he would say like thank you for you know listening to me and he's like you know this is crazy but like i don't know whatever it's been a crazy day Back and forth, back and forth. So they ask Anna about it. And she says that spirit said for the first time, someone truly showed him 
love and appreciation and saw him for who he really was. And he was so surprised that that was the noise he made. And then he was kind of like, he said that the guy was thanking him. So he was thanking him back. Yeah. And he, he was showing her an image of him like stopping in his tracks with like utter shock that somebody would treat him with respect. And yeah, that this was the clip that made us watch this. This was incredibly powerful. Yeah. And so now he's, now this man is bawling. He's breaking down in tears. And they're the documentary makers is really cute. They're asking him his thoughts on it. And he's like, I I just need a moment. And he tells the leopard, the beautiful black leopard, that these two other little leopard cubs are safe. Yeah. Like he's just like, I just want you to know that they went to a sanctuary too, and they're somewhere safe. And like we see you not as Diablo or anything diabolical, but like you're so you're the such a beautiful cat. And then like, oh, yeah, I'm getting misty. Yeah, it's beautiful. So and that's where it ends. It ends with Anna saying that look, people call my ability supernatural. She's like, it's ultimately the most natural thing that you could do is yeah. commune with nature, and we're just not connected to that anymore yeah and the guy at the at the uh, big cat shelter says he's now studying animal communication and this changed his whole life and i'm like frick same i'm like i gotta get to an animal communication academy stat there's online courses i looked it up when i was trying (laughs) to dig up dirt on this chick (laughs) okay yeah slay i I mean yeah i think we have enough things things to do (laughs) But I just, I remember um, when I would go to the silent meditation centers, um, I remember them saying that like with monks, like it's not that they have any kind of special ability. They're like, they're literally doing the exact same thing as you're doing here for 10 days um, of meditation, but they just have time. Like they have their whole lives dedicated to this and they don't have any kind of responsibilities like paying bills or handling money or anything like that. They're provided that so that this is all the only thing that's on their schedule. So it's just literally more time, nothing Mm -hmm. more. Um, And that's what it made me think of this because it was learning about a lot of monks abilities that really gave me the most concrete proof of just, what we would call supernatural things here on earth, like monks Mm -hmm. that can meditate in the snow and the snow is melting around them, or there's places where they have to um, sit all night in the tiger's hunting path and meditate and just stay safe just through the power of meditation. Like that's their final test in some parts, like this part of the world. I think it was Bhutan. Um, But it's just, this is what people are out there doing. Or like, I... I think we studied this in psychology class about which this this issue of witch doctors in certain parts of sub-Saharan Africa where they would they would tell someone that they were going to die and then that person would die in the following week and they were like is this person responsible is this what is this a chicken or an egg gosh so many so many big questions <laughs> yeah what are this what are <laughs> what are this and what's going on what's up all this yeah existence the meaning of life it's impossible not to get into those questions with animal <laughs> communicator talk yeah yeah that's where we're at so thanks for coming along on this little little journey with us we really appreciate it love you guys see you next week Bye-bye.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.